a collection of top secret, highly secure locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider, the podcast that has never been and never will be fungible. I am your host, Mike Finger. I am joined as always by sports editor of the Express News, Nick Talbot, beat writer Tom Ringo Orsborne, and the polarizing Jeff McDonald. And to start out this week's podcast, I want to take everybody back in time. I want to take everybody back in time to a point when the host of this podcast was facing some adversity, was facing some overwhelming skepticism, some 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 just some some negativity, some some half glass half empty from even Tom Orsborne. Jeff McDonald was just uh, his usual self, just dumping on everything. Nick Talbot threatened to take my column away because I because I, because I, of how outrageous my my assertion was that at some point in this NBA season, the San Antonio Spurs, the local cagers would not be terrible. And that if one thing went right, there was a possibility that the local cagers could win four out of five games. And if you look, dear viewers, and I know you're not viewers, but I, th- I, th- I think you can use your eyes and your ears to look at, w- at what has happened to the local cagers over the past few weeks. Not only have they won four games out of five, not only have they won five games out of six, they've won seven games out of ten. And, and we're going to open this podcast with me just waiting for my apology. How about sarcastic clapping? Congratulations. Well, Congratulations. Well, you got one. You got one. Uh-huh. You got, it's about time you got something right. That's not the apology I was looking for. You got yeah, to put together a seven out of ten streak of your own, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to predict that that's going to happen. I'm just going to say, every now every now and then, DeMar DeRozan knocks down a three-pointer. Every now and then, you get one right. You get something uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. That's you get a pineapple. That's right. Um, was the one good thing the Phoenix win? Was that the was that Yes. The, yeah, that was the spark. Yeah. This was my point. It wasn't all going to be terrible. It's not always going to be terrible forever. It's not always going to be. Well, it might be, but it's not always going to be good forever. You know, the, things can change. It, bad teams win every now and then. Good teams lose. Um, and now the, the the Spurs are in a situation where um, it, it seems like, I mean, yes, this is a team that's won many NBA championships. And we're talking about them wrapping up a 10th seed. So you, let's keep this in perspective. But they have wrapped up a 10th seed, and that was un- that seemed unlikely not too long ago. It seemed unlikely to start the season, and uh, the, you know they're on the way up. So let's you well, know, not 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 mathematically. Let's 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 put that out there. They haven't mathematically wrapped up anything. Okay. Uh, it seems like they're in in firm control. I believe the magic number. If we want to talk about magic numbers. With 12 games remaining, any combination of seven San Antonio Spurs, San Antonio Spurs victories and New Orleans Pelicans losses get you there. Pelicans beat the Clippers. That could be the Pelicans. One good thing. You're right. I'm not going to just as I didn't want you guys to discount my um, uh, uh, hypothesis about the Spurs turning things around. I will not discount your hypothesis about 
things falling apart. That that could happen. Anyway, you are correct in that uh, at least a tenth seed, at least one extra game, at least a spot in the play on play play in tournament seems overwhelmingly likely for for the local cagers at this point. And that's that's progress. And we can see where they go from here. I mean, their schedule is so tough. It's if they had if they had a little bit more favorable schedule, you could start talking about to, about, hey, maybe they could get up to eight. Maybe they could get into where you only have to win one game to get to, to get to the playoffs instead of two. Um, I think the schedule is still going to kind of preclude them from getting out of that nine ten hole, but it, but they're right there and it's doable. And I, I mean, I think they are. I'm not mistaken as we sit here today. They're just a game in the loss column behind Memphis for for eighth. And not not to get too crazy, but but two games from from uh, seventh. So they you know. Again, if the schedule just wasn't such a, and not just in terms of the games they have, the number of games, but the teams they have to play, if their schedule just wasn't so such a bear, I I would almost like their chances of, of bumping up a little bit. But but as it stands, I think that nine ten spot seems pretty, um, pretty solid for them. It's it's going to be hard for New Orleans to catch them for sure. Tom, you asked me what it was that turned things around, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Um, obviously, the Phoenix game started it, but what did change? over these past 10 that that uh, kind of sparked a turnaround? Better defense, uh, with, barring last night, of course, uh, the Washington game, uh, when there was no defense anywhere to be found, uh, except by Patty Mills late in the game, according to Pop, against Bradley Bill. But, yeah, they, they defended better. Um, and... Uh, you know, the one thing, though, that's looming now is the injury to Derek White. Uh, you know, what You know what effect that'll have on the local cagers. But, yeah, they've, they've defended better, and DeMar's playing just, just outstanding. Uh, DeJounte also. Yeah, so a lot of good things are going right for this team, except for last night when Derek uh, suffered another injury this time an ankle injury. A guy yeah, who just can't get just, right this year. Yeah. This, this team yeah. just can't have nice things. Like they get on a roll and then they, they lose a player. But yeah, Derek has just been, I mean, he was in the midst of his longest stretch of health for the whole season. I think he played in 28 consecutive games, which was a, a season high for him. Just the spits and starts have been tough on him. And they're not the same team when he doesn't, when he doesn't uh, suit up. They're just not, I mean, we, we, he's, he, he, uh, he just brings so much to the, to the table that, that so, so many little things that other guys just don't provide. And they, they find a, they find it difficult to replace him when he's not there. They've got, they don't have a lot of guys. He's not a knockdown three point shooter, but they don't got a lot of guys that, that can that shoot the three ball, especially not in that starting lineup. Um, they, he, you know, blocking shots. He's the leading shot blocker in the league among guards. He draws charges like like nobody's business. He leads the team in charges and has played like half the games. Um, you can argue between him or or Dejounte, who's the better uh, perimeter defender between the two, but they're both really good and really important to what the Spurs do defensively. So every time he's out, it's just a blow to them, and it, it's got to be frustrating for him. It's got to be frustrating for the Spurs. It's got to be frustrating for Pop to try to keep all this together when Derek just and it's it's freak stuff too, but just can't can't stay on the floor. I thought we'd seen a lot of advanced stats and I, I, I'd never seen the one 
that Dan Weiss put up on the broadcast last night about, I think it was defensive field goal percentage. In other words, who Uh holds opponents, which individual players in the league hold opponents the most below their field goal percentage, uh, their normal field goal percentage. And Derek was either first or second in the league. And of, of the top ten, you had Derek and I believe Dejounte and one Drew Eubanks, who was I think who it was, was on that I list. Think it was Jakob. I think it was Jakob. Was it Jakob? Um, but yeah, the, so, so the numbers are backing up the eye test in terms of Derek being um, a solid defender. Um, and again, they're going to have to find a way to uh, to deal with that. We don't know as of this recording how long he's going to be out, if he's going to be out at all. But that was a look like a, an obvious turned ankle last night and he struggled getting off the floor. So we'll, we'll see where that, where that leads him. Um, Tom mentioned it in, I think he might, I might be getting confused with this podcast and, and Tom on the, on the zoom last night, but the, the, the play of uh, Patty Mills and Rudy Gay, who had been struggling much to people's chagrin over the past uh, couple of weeks. They both, they both played well last night. It, it seems like they're, they're still not ready to step aside yet. Patty came up big. I mean, he hit those two uh, three-pointers late in regulation, uh, two huge free throws in overtime. And, and as Pop pointed out, you know, he pestered Bradley Bill just enough to throw him off his rhythm um, and again, you know, he scored forty something points. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just enough. Uh-huh. He missed a few down the stretch, and uh, Pop attributed it to Patty. So I don't think Rudy's been all that bad, really. Um, but uh, he had a good, good one last night with seventeen points, and seemed like he was a steadying influence throughout the game. So he, he uh, yeah. Uh, Pop, Pop loves praising Patty Mills' defense. Like, what do you think that's yes. about? <laughs> He's, it's Positive not the first time he's messed here. Something exactly that you would, what I think something that Jeff McDonald would never understand. Positive reinforcement. Nick, Nick Talbot, have you ever tried that with Jeff? Just when he's struggling, when he's when he's written several horrible game stories in a row. <laughs> like, do you do you try do you try the Popovich positive reinforcement thing with him, or does that not work? No, I, I never tell Jeff that he has good defense. <laughs> I wouldn't want to lie like that. <laughs> That just doesn't seem like a good play for, I don't me, play, for me to do. I don't play use. defense. Everyone knows this. Everyone who's ever played pickup ball with me knows this. No. I don't play defense. That's that's He's the just the guy that waits on the other end and hopes hopes snowbird. to get away. I'm a snowbird and son of a gun, baby. The um what 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 else went right? I, we we taped last week uh, looking back, that was heading into the Miami Detroit back to back. Played pretty well against Miami. That's the only game they've lost in the last six, and that could have yeah, been a win was, up until things just completely fell apart. And they lost over the they last lost quarter. by twenty, and they played pretty well for like three and a half quarters. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Again, they, 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 the the Spurs have been playing. The Spurs have been playing pretty well for. I mean, we're, we're talking about. The last few games, but they've been playing well for a few weeks now. It's, this isn't just it, – it hasn't always shown in the results. But going back to that Denver back-to-back, um, you know, they they that they lost that Denver back-to-back by like a combined four points or so. Like it wasn't – it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like, like the really – their last really bad loss 
was when Cleveland just trucked them. That was April 5th. Since then, yeah. they've been playing some pretty good yeah. ball. They're, they're, they've mixed in a you know tough loss here or there, but they've been playing pretty good ball all the way since then. So this isn't just kind of a Johnny come lately. They've been you know had a good good week, good couple stretches. Um, they've they've been playing well for a while, and it kind of makes you think that they're onto something a little bit. I think the April the the, the Cleveland loss was April fifth. We recorded the podcast where I was called crazy on April 6th. So I just want to, I just want to put that out there. Um, but it's like, like yeah. that's the first time you've ever been called crazy. That might not be true. And there's seven games before, well, there are eight games before the wizards game. Let's see. They gave up, uh, they only yielded, uh, well, let's see, 97, 97, 107, 85, 94, 107, 91. So clearly, clearly they're playing better defense. But then again, you know, going forward, if you don't have Derek White, uh, you could see more games uh, like we did last night against the Wizards, although not to that, not to that, uh, you know, not as much, but uh yeah, without White, you know, you just wonder what their defense will look like. Could be more Devin Vassell. Hey, yeah, fans don't, will love don't, it. Don't, mm-hmm. tantal- don't tantalize people. That's <laughs> just me. Um, other other positive developments over the past couple of weeks. I, I mentioned them earlier, and I guess I was wrong about the field goal percentage thing. But um, like when they when we did our Alamo episode. Um, in reference to <laughs> Gorgie Jane and him being the, the reinforcements like Drew Eubanks apparently took offense to that because almost immediately after the Spurs signed Gorgie Jane to basically take Drew Eubanks job and then Jane immediately got injured like Eubanks Eubanks has been amazing. He's been uh, amazing. Yeah, and that's he's not even me being sarcastic. No. Like he's been amazing. No. <laughs> well, did did any of y'all see this coming? Do you do you think anyone has thrown up a skyhook like he did last night? I mean, a real other than uh, me. Yeah, I mean, can you? I mean, we we all see jump hooks and variations of a hook, but a true skyhook. Full on skyhook. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think if he has any sense of humor, he needs to wear the Kareem goggles to the next game. That would be so funny. <laughs> the, the rec specs. Man, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, 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 like he's had games, right? Here got the, G- go ahead. Chimney. I was just going to say, the skyhook is what grabbed the attention of Tom and you guys. But equally impressive to me was, was their, their play last night and one of the recent nights when he just because of the way the defender was kind of in his way, mm-hmm. he went almost instinctively to a left-handed hook and switched that. Like that's hard to do to well, to be able yeah. to hook with both with both hands. You know, you don't you don't see hooks at all much in the league anymore. And then for him to do it lefty, that's he's showing he's showing a pretty complete game. Yeah. Demar pointed that out last night, Mike, and said it's cash in the bank. Yeah. When he's in the paint, he can go to either hand, as Demar pointed out. Yeah, and uh, he's he's a guy that you know he's had a game here or there throughout his career where you know you're shorthanded, you're you're down some bigs, and 
they bring him up from the G League or whatever, and he fills in a game here or there and looks okay. Gives you some numbers, mm-hmm. um, gives you some minutes. I, I I didn't I wasn't sure he could he could hold it together as your um, just full time number two backup center for for a whole month, and and you'd be okay. I, I wasn't. I don't think the Spurs thought that either because that's why they went out and got Gorgie Jane. So yeah. I, it's just it's one of those things where <laughs> like it's, sometimes it's the moves you don't make or it's the moves you can't make. Uh, and yeah. Pop can't for a long time couldn't put Jing in the game because he was hurt. Had to go to Drew, and Drew Eubanks made the most of it. He plays like I mean, there was that was the Mars quote from a long time ago. Was he? Play, he, play, he plays like a guy. He plays like a guy riding a mechanical bull, and I, yeah. that's, that's about yeah. the most apt description, like most as like spot on description of watching Drew play that I've ever heard. Because he just goes in there and just like just. You don't know what's going to happen. There's bodies sitting the floor. He's taking elbows. He's given elbows. He's he had one play last night where he I, he took the shot kind of real kind of like from the from the block. Kind of realized it was off and immediately took off to the other but, side of the block and grabbed mm-hmm. the re, grabbed his own rebound and put it back. Like it's just it's like watching a guy like a guy on I don't know just jolt. He doesn't get a very good he doesn't get a very good whistle either. No, he <laughs> um, was it was it two seasons ago uh, when Dirk finished his career? Was that uh, it's all run together? Yes. Is either t- yes. t- t- two, t- two or three? But yes. I, I thought that it was Dirk, Dirk's last. Would let him get off the last shot. Dirk's last game was in San Antonio, and the Dirk's last shot of the game was over Drew, and Drew was defending him like it was Game Seven of the Finals, and. Uh, and Dirk made it anyway. And I interviewed him after that game thinking this might be the, the, the only notable moment of Drew Eubank's career is this is when, when he's in the shot and, and Dirk's final jumper. Like I had no inkling that he was about to become a rotation player or what he's been over the past year, a uh, uh, few weeks, month. Um, to be fair, neither did Pop. But as Pop would say, he's carved out a nice little career for himself. Nice little role for himself. So. That's something to look so at. So I guess the question you can we can talk about now is which all-NBA team do I put him on when we vote at the end of the year? I don't know that he's yeah. a first-team all-NBA yeah. guy. But well, uh, uh, yeah, I can probably of, slot him in there. Ahead of or behind Jakob? Got to be second behind Jakob. Uh, well, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, they're going to have to battle it out down the stretch. I guess it depends on how the stretch run goes as to who gets who gets my all-NBA nod between Drew Eubanks and Jakob Pertl. Jakob's new uh, basketball reference comp I was looking recently is now Mark Price in terms of uh, free throw prowess. <laughs> is that, that is, this is my turn to say something. like That, no, no kidding, is probably the most amazing thing I've seen this year. Just the complete turnaround like almost overnight. Of where he's airballing free throws, and now I swear to goodness, when he misses one, I'm surprised. Yeah, it just goes to show if one good thing happens for you, your whole outlook can turn around. the The, the whole way you see the world, the whole your whole success, your whole everything. It, it just well, takes something, something, something good to go well, your direction. I'm, I'm I'm still waiting on that one good thing. Then <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen. One one good thing that could happen to our our listeners is like if if, if they're down in the dumps, 
go to expressnews.com and, and buy a subscription. <laughs> I mean, that could get the ball rolling. Like that could just change everything. Forget buying a lottery ticket. Subscribe to expressnews.com. Sign up for the Spurs Nation newsletter. And I mean, the, 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 the positivity just starts rolling in. You're going to be, you're going to feel better. You're going to look better. Everything's going to just start going your way. <laughs> gonna look better. <laughs> oh yeah, because because the way you the way you look is the way you feel about yourself, and the way you feel about yourself is just about something inside. And so, like if you're well informed about your city, about your region, about what's going on in the world, about your, about your favorite local basketball team, like you're gonna feel better, you're gonna look better, you're gonna treat people better. I, to, I just think it's a great thing, and it's a very very so, good deal financially. So, so maybe maybe. Maybe if we need like when we're looking for sponsors still, we need that bearded uh-huh. that bearded fellow from Men's Warehouse. And he we could just yeah. repurpose his catchphrase and say you're gonna you know, you know. Re- subscribe to the Express <laughs> News. You're gonna love the way you look. I guarantee it. That's a pretty good well, catchphrase. The one difference is I'm not guaranteeing it. You know, I I, I I'm just yeah. offering some helpful advice. But yeah. I think if we get into a guarantee, that could be a problematic. That's a good point. Legal. And some people are just, you know, beyond hope. I wouldn't say that, but um, uh, I, I just I think some people in my weekly conference call with the lawyers uh, of this podcast. We have a big legal team. <laughs> they advise me not to make guarantees, so I'm not going to do that. Which lawyer is that? Oh, it's a whole team of them. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, put us you on track here. What else do you want to talk about? We, I think we should make that into a sitcom and call it SA Law. It'd be great. (laughs) Why do we not have a uh, uh, a franchise of of dramas about life in South Texas, but in San Antonio? Essay law, essay fire, essay fire, essay CSI Riverwalk. CSI Riverwalk. I think that would be great. Somebody lost <laughs> lost their wallet on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Is that the theme song? Uh, no, that would be Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Law the and Order. Dra- drain the river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a good reality oh, show. Find down there. I'm not sure how great that would be. I don't know. I heard, I heard the last time they drained the Riverwalk, they found uh, Mike Finger's dignity. <laughs> this is that's such a ridiculous cheap shot. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's true. I'm bored over here. <laughs> that was a tad over the line. But I do think Jeff passed Did You Know? I mean, he knew about NCIS and CSI, <laughs> and he almost knew the theme song. So... I think he might have passed. Did you know this week? Yeah, I think I'm not sure, but maybe that does Jeff down. know. Um, in the chat of this of this podcast, you know, not only do we have a team of legal representatives, we have a team of producers, <laughs> and our lead producer just mentioned uh, um, the the a case for the first episode of CSI Riverwalk. He says, "Luis says uh, cause of death chicken on a stick." <laughs> so so that, that that leads me to a lot of questions did they did they did, is the death by the chicken or the stick like did someone choke on the chicken or were they like stabbed by the stick you know like that, this could go a number of ways yeah that's the yeah. csi part louis says yeah okay. the great uh the great jerry orbach i was thinking of, of uh, him when you guys mentioned law and order uh oh i miss him every day 
cops. Uh, I think they did a they did a um, uh, you know survey one time, and real life cops said he most embodied what they do daily. That he was he was a perfect example of a real life cop. Yeah, detective, I should say. Detective, yeah. yeah. Didn't he start on Broadway or or, or act on Broadway? Yeah. Or yeah, uh, the Fantastics was a long, 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 long running show that he was in. Wow, uh, can't tell you what it was about, but uh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, compelling. I saw him one time in New York at a at a Broadway show. Uh, we were in the audience, and uh, he was he was taking in whatever show we were at. You don't remember what show it was? I do not. I do not. That's disappointing. Might have been how to succeed in business without really trying. Was Mrs. O there with you? She was. She was. Yeah. You always we we had a we had a good streak of seeing celebrities in New York. Uh, Alec Baldwin at a diner. Uh-huh. Uh, JFK Jr. Wow. Uh, shirtless playing frisbee in Central Park. I think he told me that one time. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, Mrs. O nearly fainted. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Mia Farrow. We saw Mia Farrow in Central Park. That's quite a mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, were they all together <laughs> hanging out? Like all these people, or these were separate incidents? Se- separate over over many okay. many years span. Yeah, and most of them pre uh, cell phone days, cell phone camera yeah. days. So you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't grab. Why, why exactly. would you? Tom Morsborn. Yeah. When I started traveling for the Express News many years ago, and and every now and then you see lots of. Um, quasi celebrities in airports and things. And, and, and Tom had gave me a, a great tip for how to acknowledge people that you, that you know are famous. You don't want to intrude on them because I'm, I'm that way. I, when I'm out in public, people are always, you know, clamoring for my, you know, Mike, take a selfie with me, you know, give me your autograph, no, that type of stuff. And it's, no, it no, just bothers the, me. Dude, dude, the mob with pitchforks does not want your autograph. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> nevertheless, I, I don't want to intrude on people, but Tom uh, Orsborn many years ago uh, told me that his go-to line when he sees um, an actor, uh, uh, you know, just a famous person in public, Tom just slyly walks by, kind of nods and says, I enjoy your work. And I, I think that's great because yeah. you, you kind of let the person, you make yeah. the person feel good about him or herself and, and, and you just let them go on about their day. I think that's great. I think if people right. would say that to me in public, I, I would I would enjoy it. Uh, rather First than they the, have to the, enjoy the, your work, and, though. That's the problem. Rather than the endless, you know, shouting and screaming that that is hysteria. That came to me in in Newark at the Newark airport. It was after a Cowboys game, early morning, um, walking through the airport, going to the gate, and one Michael Imperioli. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was about 10 feet in front of me. And yeah, I had to come up. I had to figure out, you know, uh-huh. I was excited to see him. It was at the the height of the Sopranos uh-huh. and his run as Christopher Molasanti. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I was excited. And but I had to get to the gate. You know, he was in no me. He didn't want to talk to me, of course. And right. I, I just passed him. I nodded and I said, I like your work. Yeah. And he said, thank you. Yeah. Very sincerely said, thank you. Yeah. That's, so all, that's, that's, all you to, that's all you need to say. Yeah. So this is, yeah. this is not going to surprise you, but I've, I've never gotten I, I enjoy your work in public. I get a lot <laughs> of I get a lot of I know you from Twitter. 
That, uh-huh. that might be the new I enjoy your work. I don't know. Well, to bring to bring it back to the Spurs, I bet a lot of people pass DeMar DeRozan and say, I like your work. This is an excellent segue, you. Tom. And we have a, a few minutes left in the podcast, and let's spend it on this topic because last night after the game, DeJounte Murray, who's become kind of an enjoyable guy to listen to after games, by the way, um, mentioned entirely on his own that he thinks that San Antonio, that people in general have to be appreciative and are obviously appreciative of everything that DeMar DeRozan has done and is doing. And my question to the class is, do you, do you think that DeJounte Murray is correct about that? I think it depends on, on where you spend most of your time getting your Spurs analysis. I, I, that's my way of saying, I think the, and I've said this before, um, the Twitter social media crowd probably has a different opinion than the fan at large, like the fan that's in the fair. arena, the fan just watching on TV. I think, I think for most casual to just regular Spurs fans, DeMar DeRozan is probably their favorite player right now. I mean, he would be mine if I was a 10 year old kid. Um, yeah. I think most of the flack he gets is from from the, the Twitter crowd who for very I mean there there are definitely legitimate criticisms. He doesn't shoot threes. Um he's he's kind of a throwback player that doesn't quite fit in the uh, modern NBA. I think for a lot of people it's just he's not Kawhi Leonard, which is which is you know, no duh and also a dumb reason not to like someone. Um I think people should appreciate him because I think he's doing a lot of a lot of great things for this team. Um especially lately, especially down the stretch. They need him. Um, he, to me, he's fun to watch. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just a, an old man that enjoys mid-range jumpers and, and drives and footwork and that sort of stuff. But I think he's fun to watch. Um, so to answer your question, I think it depends on who you ask as to whether he's appreciated. But I think, I think most fans do. That's my non-scientific answer, but I think most fans do. Rest of the class? Rest of the class. Yeah, I think you got to take in the whole – to me, when someone says I enjoy your work, it it means not only what you produce but how you produce it, Mm -hmm. and if that makes sense. And he's just – he's a consummate pro. Um, I know the fans don't think about this as much as we do, but he he shows up with us, you know, after the games, uh, win or lose. Um, He's a solid guy, as DeJounte said, good parent. he gives us great quotes, the mechanical bull, the pineapple quote. Uh, yeah, it's just just the total package is is very enjoyable to be around and to watch. Yeah. Um, by the way, he said he's not pursuing merchandising on the pineapple thing when he said I he, think he said, <laughs> what's that? I think that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. I mean, I think I think he could franchise the hell out of that. People would buy it. That's why I asked him about it last night. He said he he said he's gotten some grief and and to review this for the uh, for the listeners was it a, after the New Orleans game when mm-hmm. New Orleans chose not to double team him even though this is this is the other thing about Demar's game that is kind of amazing. Um, late in games, he's going to take the shot, and he's become more of a distributor, more of a playmaker than he ever has been in his career with the Spurs. And for most of, of, of his game, 
for most of, of any game, he's, he's looking to create for other people. But if it's close in the last minute, he's going to take the shot. Everybody knows this. Like he's going to get to a spot and he's going to take it. And teams aren't double teaming him. And he said, Jeff or Tom, you probably know the quote better than I do, but if, go step in here. Somebody's going to have to read it because I'll, I'll, I'll botch it. It was uh, well. He's talking about you know you can double team if you, this is what he's. I'll paraphrase the beginning. You know it, okay. you can double team me if you want, and, and that's fine. I'll I'll make the right pass. But um, if you're going to stay with me on the island, I'm going to be the first one to get the pineapple. Right. And then then there was a little pause, and then he kind of shook his head, like whatever the hell that means, which I thought was kind of the best part of the quote. Because <laughs> he, he realized yeah. the, the analogy was kind of falling apart in the middle of the in the middle of him making it. So I, yeah. I enjoyed that self awareness as well, but um, yes, but yeah, yeah I there's got to be some like there's got to be some like crossover he could do with SpongeBob or something. Like maybe he can make yeah. a, parlay this yeah. into a guest appearance. His kids would probably like that. I don't know if they're into SpongeBob or not, but that would that would be fun. Do, uh, aren't there like island colors? Like a, uh, when you think of islands, you think of bright, vibrant. Yeah, sure. uh, and sure. he can, you know, he always likes wearing a, uh, you know vibrant shoes and what have you like there could be pineapple something along those lines i, I would point out in, in washington you know the game came down to the wire again demar made two uh-huh. two big shots i think one to tie the game and one to put the spurs ahead and then when it was tied mm-hmm. again at the end of regulation washington did bring some semblance of a double team at first and he was able to kind of kind of spin out of that wiggle out of that ended up just kind of one-on-one with, with russ and you know, Russell contested that shot pretty good, but yeah, Demar took the shot, and it was that shot was down. I I, I was actually surprised it didn't go in because it was halfway down and rattled out. But it seems like Washington at least made an attempt to double team. I just don't think they're very good at defense. So yeah, that that was fairly te- te- teams, teams are maybe learning. I don't know. I mean, he's been in the league for twelve years. They should know by now. But teams are maybe learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's 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 working out, and it, it might not work out forever. But for now, the local cagers, I think, can can serve as an inspiration to us all about how when things look like they're not going to get any better, and three three weeks ago there was no for for ninety nine percent of the population they saw no hope for this team that they they could never dream of putting together a good couple of days, let alone a, a good week, let alone a good month. But you just need one good thing to happen. Just one good thing to happen. Look for that one good thing when you're out there in the world today. When you're out there in the world today, don't come and approach me. Like, don't do that. But look for that one good thing to happen. And that could turn into two things. That could turn into three things. And And when things are going well, you know, just keep taking care of each other and keeping it real. When all else fails, consult the team of lawyers.